All right, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. So last episode was our third episode on abortion. That's right. And this is number four. In the last episode, we began to talk about the question, uh, what can Christians do in light of abortion? Yep. I mean, it seems almost impossible to do anything about it, but we said that's not true. There are actually a lot of things you can do. There are. And we we went through yeah. a couple of them. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, go do that now. Yeah. Catch up. Uh, real quick review, though. Yeah. You can be a part of a healthy local church, right? You can uh, do whatever you can to promote and create a culture of life. And those two are pretty interconnected. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> you can be involved in government. You yep. live in America. And the last thing that we talked about, <clears throat> which is where we're going to spend a lot of our time today, is we're going to talk about this idea of protesting outside of the abortion clinic. Yep. Being one of those <clears throat> extremists with signs. That's right. Outside of Planned Parenthood. So uh, really what we're going to do is we're going to talk about two things today. We're going to talk about the question of of uh, whether or not this is even a good thing to do. Yep. And then we're going to kind of use that to transition into why Americans are kind of squishy in general when it comes to abortion. Christians. Christians, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah, key word. Oh, you said Americans. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Christians is yeah. what I meant. Thanks, because buddy. Christians, a huge swath of, of evangelical Christians, who uh, many of whom would even say, I'm pro-life, are very squishy. Yeah. On this topic uh, are yeah. very indecisive on whether or not they should be able to tell someone abortion is even wrong. Right. Yeah. We're not talking about we're not saying that Christians have to go out and, and go out and stand in front of an abortion clinic. We're just talking about saying, yes, I think that's morally evil. Right. OK. So the 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 kind of uh, thought experiment we use to just quickly and easily show the validity of protesting outside of the abortion clinic is this idea of a building in your city where a hundred black people are being killed a day because they're saying they're black and they're not fully human. Yeah. Right. We would go burn those buildings down. Yeah. I'm not advocating that we go burn down abortion clinics, but I do think that that would be the response. I mean, I think somebody would go and blow that place up. Oh yeah. Okay. So we said same thing. Human beings are being killed all the live long day in these buildings. Right. And we, we view this, this, uh, ministry outside of the abortion clinic as kind of the last line of defense, right? Now, you just use the word ministry. Yeah. Different than protest? Sure. You think they're the same? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they are the same. Just wanted, right. just yeah. wanted to clarify. Because we're taking a gospel approach to this, yes. right? It's We're not just out there going, you know, I'm a Republican. This is bad because I'm conservative. We're saying, no, you're, you're violating the law of God. And then when women come out, we talked about this last time, uh, after they've committed this terrible deed we we preach the gospel we preach the gospel on the way in we preach the gospel on the way out right a lot of law on the way in trying to show them their guilt just an abundance of grace on the way out hoping to lead them to salvation yeah so this yeah. is a ministry yeah it is a ministry and okay. we, we said that not every church needs to have some official ministry no. for abortion no. just like that not every christian needs to be standing outside of the, of the abortion clinic on the sidewalk to be a faithful Christian. That's right, yeah. Um, the way that I like to think about this is uh, like the last line of defense if a concentration camp arose in your city, right? Like you did everything that you could legislatively. You did everything in your community that you could do. You did everything in your church and in your family. You know, you kind of exhausted all of your options and none of it's working and you've been trying for years. Nevertheless, these Jews are being killed, right? And you live in a free state where the Nazis won't shoot you for protesting, right? 
you, you're just going to go out there and you're just going to stand out in front of this place and do whatever you can to try to save these Jews. You know, you're just going to, it's the last line of defense. Right. You're going to try and prick the conscience of all the guards who are That's leading right. them into the, right. the incinerators. Yeah. So I think there are a couple of reasons why people tend to be against this kind of ministry. Okay. Number one, they've seen it done so poorly. Sure. I just gave an example of that in the last episode. You know, this guy was preaching pro-life, pro-life, you know, save babies. And I'm like, yes and amen. And, you know, I said, hey, I preach against it. I teach against it. I protest. I pray. And he's like, none of that's good enough. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, also, just the kind of like, you're going to hell, lady, which may be true. But right. that's, we, that's, not, that's not what we're doing. Right. right? And, and what's important there is so you're describing the kind of... Uh, the, the protester who's out on the sidewalk, yeah. who is maybe saying true things, yeah. but is super ineffective yeah. in the way he or she is saying them. We experienced that one day. I was building a relationship with one of the one of the volunteers on the other side. I had spent about six weeks trying to develop a relationship with this woman. And one of the fellow protesters came up behind me and started preaching about Trump and how Trump was going to shut this place down and completely ruined it. Right. That's what we mean when we say people who are doing things. Yeah, poorly. there's a there's a level of often self-righteousness. Um, yeah. Looking down on the people who you're supposed to be ministering to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes just immaturity. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some very petty squabbles and name calling and the kind of stuff that Christians should be above. Right. If we rightly recognize who we are. Yeah. And how the only difference between us on one side of the sidewalk and the mother going to kill her child on the other side of the sidewalk is God's grace. Yeah. If we rightly understand that, we should be above all those things. Yeah. And sadly, many people out there aren't. Right. I'm very thankful for the people out on those sidewalks trying to stop abortions. I am too. Nevertheless, uh, I, I wish that there would be better efforts at organizing, training, and equipping those people to do that work, particularly through local churches. I was about to interrupt you and say, this goes right back to our <laughs> yeah. first point. Because, because honestly, I know... Very faithful uh, brothers and sisters who are out on the sidewalk a lot yeah, and don't do these things. Yeah. But every time I encounter someone who I think, man, this guy's just causing more harm than good. Yeah. Guess what church they go to? What? They don't know. Okay. Or yeah. they're going to a really unhealthy church. Yeah. Um, they don't have an accountability under yeah. under biblical eldership yeah. to be able to kind of rein them in and help them think rightly about the issues that they're protesting. Yeah. Like you said, I'm thankful for their heart yeah. and their, their desire to protest abortion but the way they're doing it isn't helpful yeah that's right so one of the main reasons why people are against this kind of uh ministry is because they've seen it done poorly but yeah that can become a boogeyman sure of course it so, most usually is most usually is yeah. like all you protesters are out there telling women that you hate them and they're all going to hell and fire and brimstone like actually you've obviously never seen what most of that looks like i invite people to come out with me uh to, to the ministry to, to see what it's like. Yeah. So and now you may still be off put by me going out there and preaching the gospel and telling people, you know, very hard things. But I think if you're off put by that, that says something more about you than it does about me. Agreed. And, and the nature of the ministry. Yeah. Okay. Um, another question that people have, and, and it's a question kind of used to, to say, this is bad. Uh, it doesn't, does it actually work? Which is really a, a way of saying it doesn't actually work. Right. It doesn't actually save babies. Right. Uh, and and here I just I come back to the this you know we're not utilitarians, right? So uh, if if it didn't actually stop the 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 center f for killing black people from killing black people, 
I would still try, right? I, I'm not going to, I've preached the gospel and I don't know if a person's going to be saved, but I'm going to go out and preach the gospel right. anyways. You do the right thing regardless of a knowledge of how it's going to turn out. That's right. You are just seeking to be faithful there. Yeah. yeah. And it does work. It does. There are numerous stories. I've seen, literally seen babies saved on this sidewalk in North Alabama. Yeah. It's the only abortion center around. I don't go that often. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. I, me neither. And yeah. unfortunately, that's the case. But when I was going regularly, yeah. I saw women turn into the parking lot, yep. park their car, get out, look over at us, look back at the escorts trying to goad them into yep. the building and just shake their heads and walk away and leave. Yeah. Yep. It's Nine, even... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, we've actually had women come out and say, I want to have my baby now. Can you help us? Yeah. Or yeah. can you help me? And seen... The baby raised to, yeah. you know, being now one of the babies that was saved uh, here was is now two or three years old. Yeah, yeah. There are also untold numbers of people who just drive. They're on their way to the abortion clinic and they see the rally of people outside and they get scared and they just keep driving. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's a good thing. And, and what they're scared of is not. We're not out there threatening physical harm. No, although violence. we often have physical harm threatened against us. Frequently. Um, what they're scared of is just the circus yeah. of, of having their sin exposed to where people who know it's sin will see it and call them to repentance. Yeah. You know, another ministry, uh, well, another way that people approach this ministry is like my wife. She's not going to be out there preaching and, and, you know, saying, hey, don't be a punk. Don't let your wife go in there and get an abortion. That's that's me, right? <laughs> Uh, but she did go out and just hold up a sign that says babies are murdered here so that anybody and everybody who drove by saw it. Uh, and that's her way of trying to like advertise to the community. This is not a clinic. This is not a doctor's office. This is a house of murder, right? And so like, I want as many of the citizens who live in this city to drive past this building to be aware of exactly what's going on inside of this right. building. She doesn't have to interact with anyone. No. Yeah. yeah. Very and easy to do. So there are, there are levels of is this working? The, the question of whether or not you actually save every baby is not really the best way to think about it's it. It's morally irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Quick right. plug. You mentioned babies are murdered there. Yeah. Free movie on YouTube. Babies are murdered here. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Pittman directed that. Excellent film. Yeah. Recommend you go check it out. Yeah. Uh, then there's the, the next question of, isn't there a better way? Isn't there a better way? Of course. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to have a personal relationship with all of the women going to kill their children. I would love that. Where I could establish a rapport, get to know them, offer help in a natural kind of organic conversational way. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not where we meet them. No. We meet them 100 steps, 50 steps between their car and the surgeon with the blade who's going to cut their baby into pieces. Yeah. And so that changes things. It does. Yeah. The the way that, um, the way I, I have two ways that I kind of like to think about this and two different analogies to try to help, help people. Now, the first one may not be helpful with everybody, but you know, you think about evangelism, right? You have relational evangelism kind of on one end of the spectrum. And then you have like handing out tracks and, and street corner preaching. Uh, I think you need both. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we need you to leave a tract in the stall at the bathroom at Longhorn Steakhouse uh, so that somebody has some reading material while they eat or for you to leave a $1 million tract at the table for your waitress instead of giving her a tip. Just don't do that. Don't do that. What I mean is we need people who are out on the street corners in markets and at, at, you know various places preaching the gospel, walking up to people saying, you know, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? I mean, I know that that's not that's not even close to what everybody should be doing. But for the people who are gifted in that area, 
we need you. And God uses that. And God uses it. Please do it. You know, that was more common in the days of Paul than relational events. Eh, it might be too strong of a statement. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. We, we need the guy who says, you know, I'm just really good at like having people over to my home, building relationships with my coworkers. And, you know, the idea of going and knocking on somebody's door or preaching in the marketplace, it terrifies me. Well, that's fine. We need both of you. Yep. Okay. The other analogy that I use is, is, is wartime. Okay. When you're at war, you don't just need people in government doing governmental things. You don't just need spies in the shadows with espionage. You don't just need people on the grounds in occupied territory trying to change the hearts and minds of the people there uh, in, in that occupied land. You don't just need soldiers with boots on the ground. You need all of it, right? Yeah. You need all of these things. So we need Christians who are trying to pass legislation. Right. We need people who are trying to change the hearts and minds of the people in America. Right. Uh, through media and arts and various things like that. Uh, we need people who are willing to go stand in front of a building and to be the last line of defense against a baby dying. And we need all of them. Yeah. Yeah. We need talented podcasters to talk about tough issues if we can find any we should definitely hey is jeff durbin free hey here's how i wrote about it okay you ready yeah can i just read on the podcast is That's, that okay I'll, I'll allow it okay good thank you senior podcaster i said we need people with boots on the ground who will stand at the door of these death mills and proclaim the truth to these women and the men who may have brought them there as they walk the 100 feet from their cars to the front door of the clinic we need people standing on the sidewalk screaming Please don't do this. That's a human being in your belly. They will kill that baby. Please come and talk with us. We will do whatever it takes to raise that baby. We'll adopt him or her. But oh God, whatever you do, don't go in that building and let them kill your baby. We need weeping prophets, people who will cry as they see the mother of a freshly aborted baby walk to their car broken and ashamed, having just committed a terrible crime against God and her children. We need someone to offer hope, to tell them that guilt doesn't have to be the last word and that Christ can heal them and forgive them even after an abortion. We need someone to cry out to the doctors, nurses, and aides in the abortion clinics proclaiming the truth that they are like the men of Ezekiel 22 who, quote, take bribes to shed blood, take interest and profit, and make gain of their neighbors by extortion, end quote. And then I say, uh, you know, I talk about, uh, no, I think that's all I said there. Yeah. So yeah. And this article, which is on the gospel coalition, desiring God, desiring God, sorry. You have other articles on gospel coalition. Yeah. I'm not just making stuff up. Yeah, that's right. So it's on desiring God. We're going to link to that as the uh, stuff you should read for this episode. Yeah. Go I check mean, that out. if, if you're somebody who has encountered an argument against going out and doing ministry outside of an abortion clinic, that is kind of the article that I would recommend reading or handing to somebody who has questions about it. Uh, I, th I think another big reason why people don't like this is, uh, let me say two things. One, uh, it's hard. It's incredibly hard. It's hard. It's hard for people who are thick skinned and used to abuse and death threats and yeah. can handle it. We both soldiers in the army. Yeah. Both deployed you multiple times, right? We are extroverts to some extent. We have no problem saying hard things to people. Yep. And it is still nerve wracking to go out there. It's it's physically and emotionally the most draining thing that I've ever done. Yeah. So when and that's saying something considering some of your tours of duty. Now, some people just thinking about us going out there and doing that feel their energy being drained from them. they get nervous they get clammy and just the thought of it just oh i can't even right I, that's part of it i've had friends i've invited friends to come to the sidewalk just to watch yeah maybe hold a sign and they break down in tears yeah and they have to leave yeah just because it's so hard to watch that teenage girl 
get out of that car and be led in yeah. with her mother to go yeah. kill her child. Now, another big thing is just fear of man. Yes. I mean, just, I don't want to be viewed like a right wing extremist. I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to think about Christians that way. Uh, and to be fair, there are a lot of people who do and say things around abortion that I don't want people to think about me in that way either. Yeah. Uh, but there's also an aspect of like, I just want to be seen as respectable, upstanding member of my community, not too far on the left, not too far on the right. But what if obedience calls for you to be a little bit extreme? Yeah. So, all right. The last and final way that Christians, and we didn't think of anything else along the way. If, if you can think of something else that Christians can do about abortion in the land, you know, write about it in the Facebook or the yeah, Twitter or send the Instagram. Us any, any ideas. Yeah. Uh, pray. <clears throat> pray. So, uh, we've mentioned congregational prayer. Yeah. Praying as a church yeah. for God to rid our land of the evil of abortion. Yeah. But individually. Sure. I mean, Prayer is, it's, it's many things. It's communion with God, et cetera. But one of the main things is, 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 is you're asking God to do something that only he can do, right? Um, you're asking God to move and to work. Actually, in the Sermon on the Mount, which I'm getting ready to preach right now, it's amazing. Like right now? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> getting ready for our next sermon, right. uh, our next list of sermons. A sermon series, as they call it in the biz, is going to be on the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And Jesus tells his people, he says, the, the Father already knows what you need before you ask him. And then he says, so pray like this. And then it's just a bunch of asking God to do things, yeah. right? Forgive us, provide for us. And so uh, don't let the the reality that God already knows prevents you from praying. Don't let, you know, God knows that you are responsible. Nevertheless, he wants you to call out to him and to ask him to be the sovereign God that he is, to make moves, to make things happen. Yeah. Amen. So pray. Yep. Let's uh, let's quickly address two groups. Okay. The wishy-washy evangelical who says, yeah, I'm against abortion, yeah. but won't take a firm stand on it, uh, isn't sure whether it's his or her place to say anything about it, yeah. uh, looks down their nose at the extremist Christians who go out and protest yeah. abortion. I mean, what do we say to that person? Well, I want to be, uh, man, I want to be overly charitable. Mm-hmm. My inclination is to not, is to kind of scoff and to be sarcastic and cutting. We're good, I want, we're good at that. We're, I'm very good at that. So, so going against my nature here, <laughs> I want to be, I want to be really charitable and understand that um, to remember that as a brand new Christian, I supported abortion. Yeah, I was the same. It took a lot of God's word seeping into my bones through sermons and scripture reading and lessons. You know, for me and actually like seeing children as valuable, learning how to and all of that working in me to kind of arrive at the place where I am now. Right. Uh, so I just want to be patient and kind and gentle. Nevertheless, patiently, gently, kindly, I want to push firmly yeah. against that and say, brothers and sisters, in the same way that you stand against racism and rightly so and other forms of injustice like that, this is the most obvious, plain, concrete injustice in the world today. It's probably the greatest injustice other than the death of the son of Jesus. Uh, other than the death, <laughs> that's a Trinitarian heresy. Other than the death of Jesus, the Son of God, there we go. This is the greatest injustice that the world has ever known. It yeah. is worse than any genocide. It is, you know, you take the gulags of Russia and the concentration camps of Hitler and the North Korean regime, and you combine them all, and it still pales in comparison to what is taking place in America today. Uh, and so, yeah, brother, um, I would, I would push them. Yeah. 
push yeah. them to think consistently, yeah. to think biblically, and to yeah. let go of that fear of man that says, well, that's not my place to judge. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I would do that by uh, private one-on-one conversations, mm-hmm. waiting for organically the opportunity to arise to address it, not not just being like, oh, your weekend good? Yeah. So anyways, back to this abortion thing. <laughs> uh, I would hand out books to them, give them articles, you know, hopefully as they're sitting under the regular preaching and teaching of God's word in my ministry, they'll hear me talk about it and it'll stimulate. And, you yeah. Know. Uh, and then I would also just pray for them, you know, pray that the Lord uh, would... Um, sanctify them in their in their thought life in that area. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, second group. Yeah. Women who uh, who may be part of your church, who may be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Women who have had abortions. Yeah. Um, I was preparing a sermon uh, on abortion, which is I had to not be as expositional because there's no verse that specifically addresses abortion in the Bible. But I was preaching in. And one of the elders who, very good brother, love, not not at our church now, uh, said, you know, some of your language about abortion is really, really strong. Be, and you might want to consider toning it down because we have women in this congregation who have confessed abortions to me and, you know, in tears. And I understand his pastor heart there. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, uh, I don't want to ramp down the language of evil when talking about abortion. My response is to ramp up the language of grace, right? right? So what I want the woman to know is just that, sister, abortion is not the unpardonable sin. You know, your abortion and that guy's porn problem are both sins before an infinitely holy God, and grace is big enough to handle them both, you yeah. know? Uh, in in conservative evangelical American churches, abortion can be kind of viewed as the unpardonable sin, and it shouldn't be. Right. And, yeah. th- and then on the other hand, we have people who are so desirous to protect the woman yeah. and keep her from feeling guilt or shame yeah. uh, that they want to make abortion. It's the doctor. He's the, he's the sinner. Yeah. You know, the woman is just a victim yeah. along with yeah. the baby. Uh, and, and honestly, if you're just a victim, there's nothing to repent from. Yeah. So we want, yeah. if you've had an abortion, we want you to recognize the need for repentance. Yeah. But like you said, also recognize that God's grace can entirely swallow up that sin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even a question. You know, if if God's grace isn't big enough for abortion, it's not it's, it's not God's grace. Right. Yeah. So, um sister, if you are if you are a Christian and you've had an abortion and you still kind of carry that guilt around in you, uh I actually want to challenge you and, and and encourage you to stop being God. Um stop playing God. You know, God has declared in his word that if you are in his son Jesus Christ, you are fully and finally forgiven. You've been washed and made clean. It's done. You are going to be in heaven pure and spotless with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So if God himself isn't holding that sin against you, uh, I wouldn't presume to be so prideful as to continue to hold it against yourself. Let God be God. That's yeah. right. Well, that's all we have for this episode. And I think this is the last episode on abortion. I think so. So if you want to go back and review any of these uh, these arguments or any of the points we've talked about, Head back to the last three episodes. We've covered this topic in depth now. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that there's more that we can say, and we probably will. But for now, please share these on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, pray that the Lord would use these podcasts to uh, maybe change women's minds, change men's minds. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners who do share this stuff and who are directing people to this as a resource to learn more. Yeah, yeah. All, all right. right. Take care.